the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Left side wide open, Skymore, touchdown! Kansas City on a pivot route! Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Holmes will fire it late for the end zone, caught! Marquez Valdez-Scantling on his backside! On your weekday home for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mitch Holtis. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass there, side, Kelsey over the shoulder, he's got the catch, he's got the touchdown! Kansas City! This is the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Here's Jay Binkley. Hey, good evening. Good Saturday evening, Kansas City. Almost Sunday. The Kansas City Chiefs once again get a win. Getting used to saying this. 26-7 over the Dolphins. Their second victory over Miami this season is really, it was the most complete game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Considering it was the playoffs, what they had to go through mentally with the cold, and to win this game 26-7, the defense was fantastic. Number one offense in the NFL goes down for the second time this year to the Kansas City Chiefs. They played a complete game. Mahomes was good despite the cold. The running game uh, was there for the Chiefs. A nice 146 yards on the ground. Actually make that 147 yards on the ground. But the story was this defense and everything kind of coming together. Understanding who and what they are. Embracing that and playing good, solid football. And the Chiefs sent a message. The Chiefs sent a message to the national media. They sent it to other NFL teams, which is actually more important than anything, that the Chiefs are starting to put things together. Doesn't matter when you put things together, but when you get the postseason, it's time to put things together. You don't go lay eggs like the Cleveland Browns did today. You don't go lay eggs like the Miami Dolphins did today. In the seasons, basically, it doesn't matter because you oh, you peed down your leg once you got to the postseason. The Chiefs had six seasons where they had postseason wins before the six-year run of Patrick Mahomes. That's right, April 27, 2017. Changed this town's fortunes forever because this became a winning football team. I remember times there was a 21-year drought before the Chiefs winning a playoff game. And finally, they win that playoff game 30-0 to down in Houston, Texas uh, against the Texans before they go and play the Patriots and lose the next game in the playoffs as they tried to beat the dynasty that was the New England Patriots. This was the second lowest score since that time in 2015. Andy Reid moves a step closer to Bill Belichick in postseason wins. Belichick with 31. Andy Reid sitting now with 23 postseason wins. Just eight behind Bill Belichick. Travis Kelsey is now 11 catches behind the great Jerry Rice for the most catches all time in the postseason. Yeah, these are the kind of numbers the Kansas City Chiefs are putting together and you know, it doesn't seem real at times that they just keep marching through the playoffs. You know, five straight trips to the AFC title game. Now it looks like they're going to have to go play on the road. Looks like the Chiefs will maybe go to Buffalo. That game, of course, was canceled today. It'll be 3.30 in the afternoon on Monday to determine who the Chiefs play next. It could have been determined by now. But Buffalo play Pittsburgh. It's go Pittsburgh Steelers if you're a Chiefs fan. Because then the Chiefs would host the Houston Texans. At home at Arrowhead Stadium in the divisional round. If the Buffalo Bills win, the Chiefs go to Buffalo. The good news is Chiefs have two days more rest than the Buffalo Bills. Remember the Chiefs had that six-game stretch that culminated with Cincinnati where they didn't have more rest than their opponent. They had less rest than anybody. Buffalo was coming off a bye. And the Chiefs could have, would have, should have beat the Buffalo Bills even though they came off a bye. And you could tell some of these games with the less rest. Well, if the Chiefs go play the Bills... They'll have two days more rest than the Bills that matters 
this time of year. Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes are 1-3 and three against the Buffalo Bills in the regular season. That doesn't matter, though. They're 2-0 and oh against the Buffalo Bills in the postseason. And you know what? They know that. The Chiefs are tab dancing in their heads. They still can't get over the Grim Reaper. The 13 seconds. You remember, when it's Grim, go be the Grim Reaper. Buffalo Bills have been living with that in their heads since the Kansas City Chiefs beat them in the postseason. It doesn't matter what they did in the regular season. It just matters what you do in the postseason. So we'll find out Monday who the next opponent is for the Kansas City Chiefs, or is that a wrap in Kansas City? Is that the wrap on the 2023 season, 2024 postseason in Kansas City with the Kansas City Chiefs? But they beat the Dolphins tonight for the second time this season, and things are really starting to come together with this team. They're kind of embracing who and what they are. I mean, this defense is no joke. This defense has been good. It has been great. I had a feeling this summer during OTAs that this would be the best defense Patrick Mahomes has ever had. It is the youngest defense in the National Football League. This defense is put together by Brett Veach. Drafting, drafting, drafting talent. How about the last two years' first-round picks? George Karloftis, 10 and a half sacks in the regular season, sack and a half tonight in the postseason. How about Trent McDuffie, first-team All-Pro? That pick was used for the Tyree Kill trade pick because I know people just can't believe Kansas City traded Tyree Kill. They got draft picks. They won a Super Bowl without him. Oh, and guess what? Yeah, Tyree Kill was fantastic this year. But guess who was number two in the NFL in drop passes? We've talked drop passes a lot. Tyree Kill was number two in the NFL, only behind Puka Nakua. He had 11 drops this year. Puka had 12. And that was a problem with the Chiefs this season. I'm Jay Binkley. That's JT Noah producing the operation. JT, I know you were excited. I love watching you watch these games because it's exciting. Reminds me of me when I was your age, going crazy and wild over every single little play. But you're lucky, man. You're a young guy. And this brand of football, again, we, I, I never forget. I went to Evan Bain. Remember Evan Bain? Played Lisa West, went to Missouri. Oh, yeah. Played in the National Football League. I was at his graduation party, right? And I remember sitting there going, this dude has never seen the Chiefs win a postseason game. And he's already gone through high school. He's going to go off to Missouri. He's never seen a postseason win. It's like pinch yourself because it's six straight years with Patrick Mahomes winning a playoff game. Again, April 27, 2017, changed this town's fortunes forever. Uh, it totally did. And even though you say I'm young, I'm 23. So stop right there. That's okay. You're younger than the Tide Pod Eaters. Wow, uh, I I don't know about that one. Eh, you still your, okay. your generation still does. I, I still remember. I still remember going to a games and you would wear a brown sack over your head. I mean, oh, like, not many, man. Come on. So like, I I remember the tough times. My my favorite is when I have to ask someone I'm like, hey, what was who was the quarterback before Alex Smith? And they just they dude, Andy Reid has almost been head coach half your life. Uh, okay, that's true. <laughs> half your life, and he's he's never had a losing season. His worst year was 2014 when he was nine and seven. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. That's we're, we're lucky. We're lucky. Oh, we are. We are. And you understand that. I mean, you saw some lean years, too. I mean, you're you're the type of guy, JT, that's been a fan your whole life. You probably started watching football when you're four or five years old. Oh, yeah. Grandpa had me watching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Knowing you, it's great stuff. But anyway, um, station identification, and we'll get right into your phone calls. Or wherever you get your podcasts, 610 Sports Radio, KCSB Kansas City, WDAFHD2 Liberty, always live on the free Odyssey app. Well, now I want to hear from you guys in what we call the no huddle. What are you thinking with this team right now? Do you feel better? Do you feel better now? Is this team poised to make a run in the postseason? 
Rodney Harrison, those guys, they seem to, hey, watch out for the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, man, oh, man. Are, are uh, the uh, media minds changing with the Kansas City Chiefs? Let's go no huddle. Tony will take it low at the 35. Now cuts back to the right. He's got a wall set. If he can get to the edge, they need to block the putter. They do. Tony's at the 40, up the sideline. At the 30, he's at the 20. Tony with the block trying to stay in play. He's down to the five-yard line. Taking your calls now at 913-586-7610. That's right. Time for no huddle. 913-586-7610 is the phone number. It's also the Jay Southland Toast Service text line, 913-586-7610. So your text, your calls, we'll do that for the next couple of hours, to be honest with you. But right now, it's time to hear from you over this uh, cold night. It's now Sunday morning. For the Kansas City Chiefs, and you have uh, two playoff games today. Not three, but two, and then two on Monday. Let's go to Double J and KC. What's up, Double J? Hey, Pink. What's going on, man? How are you doing tonight? Hey, we're doing fine, buddy. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Well, first off, shout out to the fans tonight. Uh, I was one of them out at the game tonight. Forced my butt off, but it was absolutely worth it to see. Our defense played like they did. Rashid Rice just go off. Pat Mahomes. I'll tell you what, Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid in January, they're different animals. They're dogs. And Pat, I I just have a feeling, man, he's going to put this team on our back, and he's going to take us to the AFC Championship. And who knows? Hopefully the Super Bowl. Hey, Double J, uh, so you were uh, out there tonight, you said, right? Yes, sir. Hey, yes, pr- 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 props to the fans tonight. I mean, seriously, it doesn't matter yeah. what the weather is. Fourth coldest game in the NFL. I mean, who really cares? You guys went out there to celebrate your favorite team. People shot fireworks out of the city all over the place. It was a great time. The swag surf was out there. This town has fun watching this football team. It's really become a part of Kansas City's culture, this football team doing it. But props to you and props to all the fans. That was a special night at Arrowhead tonight. It, it was so awesome. And as Mitch Holtis said last year after we won the Super Bowl, you can hate the Chiefs, you can doubt the Chiefs, you can disrespect the Chiefs, but you're going to have to deal with the Chiefs because we're coming, baby. Watch out, Buffalo. Watch out, Houston. Watch out, Pittsburgh. We'll take any of you guys on, even Baltimore. Let's go. Let's go, Chiefs. Let's go, Mahomes. Let's go, Reed and Beach. Let's go, baby. Go Chiefs, and I'll listen off there. I'm pumped, man. All right, Double J, go warm yourself up after that. But, yeah, great, great crowd tonight at Arrowhead Stadium, which is you know, it's, it's the ultimate place to go. It's the place on the bucket list for your fan anywhere around this country to come to Arrowhead Stadium. is magical tonight. It's always magical out there, and it was great. Chiefs Kingdom is everywhere, and they were in full force tonight. That was great to see. But this is a physical brand of football that Chiefs played tonight. I mean, Tyree Kill. He loves running his mouth and loves that podcast and loves the little emojis when the Chiefs, you know, drop passes or lose games, even though he himself is number two in the NFL in drop passes. Loves to do that. But he can't talk now. Like the Chiefs, by winning games, you continually shut people up. The one person they haven't shut up, and I don't get it, is Jamar Chase because he still runs his mouth. And and I don't get it. I mean, he's lost his um, last couple against the Chiefs, lost in the the playoffs, lost uh, this last week. Legerious needs shut him down. He still talks, but it just looks stupid. It looks stupid when you talk when you lose. See, Tyreek Hill can't talk anymore. Like, he's done. He lost twice to the Chiefs this year. He single-handedly cost that team in Germany when he coughed up the football when Trent McDuffie drilled him. Legerious Sneed toyed with him tonight. He put him on the ground and bullied him. 
He was unbelievable against him. How good has Legereus Sneed been? Well, it's a crying shame he's not in the Pro Bowl. It's a crying shame he's not an All-Pro, even these players defending him at the end of the game. According to next-gen stats, Legereus Sneed allowed just two receptions for 20 yards on eight targets in the Chiefs' wildcard victory over Miami. Across two matchups this season, Sneed's allowed a single reception on eight combined targets to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. Folks, this way, you need to pay Legereus Sneed. Now, I'm not often a big fan of giving that next contract. Not often a fan of that. But I am for this guy because he epitomizes what this Chiefs team is. He is a big part of this defensive attitude. It doesn't matter where he plays. The guy just goes out and handles business. He destroys other number one receivers. And this league is all about number one receivers beating him. Remember Jamar Chase and the success he had against the Chiefs early on? Number one receivers can destroy this defense. He has not allowed that. The way he can blitz the quarterback, the things that he does, whether he's in the nickel, he's on the outside, doesn't matter where he's playing, he's great. He epitomizes what the Chiefs want their defensive backs to be. All these guys have his back. They'll talk about him after the game and how he got snubbed from the Pro Bowl. Who cares about the Pro Bowl? But it is ridiculous you're not even mentioned for it. I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's a flag football game at this point. All pro matters, and he didn't make that, and it's a shame. And hopefully people see how good he is. But he's got that bowling mentality, which is what you need, that physical brand of football. Trent McDuffie brought it. He laid the wood a couple of times tonight against the uh, Miami receivers. This guy's tough. He's got five forced fumbles this year. He'll come up and hit you. He's not afraid. These defensive backs will hit you. They're not going to shy away. They'll come up and crunch you. It's fun to watch them. It's not like go time to go grab a beer when this defense plays anymore. Number two defense in the NFL. Number two defense in points allowed. Number two defense in sacks and getting to the quarterback. Oh, people say, oh, Chiefs can't get to the quarterback. Well, they've been number two in the NFL in sacks last year and this year. Only finishing behind the Ravens. The Ravens had 60 sacks and a great defense. Chiefs had 57. Miami, believe it or not, had 56, but they had all their, their uh, 15 sacks were not playing tonight. They were injured. But that offense was there, and they couldn't do anything against Chiefs. Maybe it's the weather, but guess what? Chiefs played in the same weather. And I get it. They play their home games in Miami and all that. But a lot of the guys from the Chiefs, I mean, the quarterback's from Texas. Quarterback played the Lubbock, Texas in college. You know, it's not like Chiefs weren't playing in the same environment, but they didn't say anything about it, and hopefully they won't say anything about it because football is meant to be played outdoors, and it's a great advantage. Hey, deal with it being a great advantage. Let's go to Josh in Overland Park. What's up, Josh? Hey, Bank, man. I just, just got got home and got my, my mother's winter grind like you strongly recommend. Great Hell yeah. Um, man, what an, what an amazing game. I, I can finally feel my face in my, my lower extremities. Um but we have nothing to fear in these playoffs, man. We have set up for success with the most amazing coaching staff you could ever ask for with Spags running the defense. Are uh, we afraid of Josh Allen, who's a legitimate choke artist? He hasn't we, I mean, like you said, we live rent free in his head from the 13 seconds thing. Also playoff Lamar. Is there a such thing as a playoff Lamar? Are we afraid of going to Baltimore? And I don't think we are. He's one and three. Patrick Mahomes is now 12 and three in the postseason. Lamar is one and three. Facts. And that's the thing. Like we, we, we depend on this running game and Rasheed Rice shows up like he did and just catch like he literally caught everything that was coming his way. And Holy smoke, man. Um, When you look at that defense, George Carl is coming off the edge. 
Like, what, when you have to double Chris Jones, Nick Bolton getting everywhere, even Drew Tranquil, Tranquil when he comes in, Bucker's nails, like, I mean, we, we should be set up for success, at least another AFC championship game, and I, I expect the Super Bowl. Um, one, one final thing, Bink, because I know that you're the authority on the draft. Uh, do you think we move up for, for Brock Bowers? Is it, you think that's a thing? Oh, man. Hey, you get to move up to at least five, my friend. I would love it because there's nobody that I think fits this team more than a Brock Bowers. Clearly, Marvin Harrison Jr. does, but you're not going to get him. But Brock Bowers, you may have to go up to number five to get him, but uh, probably going to settle with another receiver, which is fine because the receivers this year are loaded 6'3 and 6'4, and they got speed. And I think that's what they're going to do in Detroit. I want three pass catchers this year in the draft in Detroit. But, you know, people were questioning Brett Veach's drafting. And, you know, if you want to call in, 913-586-7610, let's go. Let's debate it. Let's bring it. Bring it like you sing it, man. I'll debate you all day long on that. Because how do you think these defensive players got here for the Chiefs? How do you think they got here? You think the Magic Fairy sprinkled? Five rookie defensive backs that played last year in the Super Bowl. You think the Magic Fairy sprinkled 61 rookie starts last year, the third most in the NFL, when the top two rookie starts were number one and number two in the draft? You think that happened? How about the fact he threw one dart at a receiver, and it was Rasheed Rice, who was number two in the NFL in rookie receptions from wide receivers, number three in, in rookie receiving yardage, and number it was number two in receiver yardage. What tight end was squeezed in there too, Laporta. He was that good. He was the number two wide receiver, and he led all receivers in yards after catch. That was the guy they chose. The guy they chose in the draft got eight catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown tonight for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that rookie wide receiver. People, oh, well, what's he going to do when he drafts receivers? He had not had success in the past. Well, yeah, there's been some misses at wide receiver. You're not going to hit on every single one of them. It's the NFL draft. Nobody does. Look at all these quarterbacks that are clowns. The teams go out and risk their franchise on, and they they have nothing to show for it. You got to pick the right guy, man. Th- this year wasn't that great with rookie wide receivers; it just wasn't. You know what? You bring in Rasheed Rice, he goes down the camp pat, works out with him, he likes this guy, and you know, boom, you got eight catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown from a rookie wide receiver uh, stepping up this year. How do you think he got here? You think it was just magic that he got here? Or do you think the Chiefs scouting staff said, hey, if we're going to take one on receiver, let's take Rasheed Rice? I dare you to tell me they didn't get that one right. I dare you to tell me they didn't get these defensive backs right. Seriously, if you want to, 913-586-7610. Let's go. Let's go to Matt and Joplin. What's up, Matt? Hey, bud. Thanks for taking the call. First time caller. Just, hey, well, uh, thank you for calling from Joplin. Yeah, on on my way back home, kind of falling out from the from the stadium. Nice, nice. I like it. But no, you are one hundred percent right. The the draft haul we got from the Tyreek trade. I mean, these defensive backs are incredible. I mean, if we had Tyreek still on the team, think of the backs we we had previously. They couldn't shut these receivers down. The guys we have the the no. job Dave Mer- the job Dave Merritt's done with these guys is incredible. I mean, does the wide receiver group need work? 100% they do. And I think this is going to be an area of focus with the Chiefs. But Ricky wide receivers this year, Puka led the way with 1,486 yards. Again, every team passed on him, including the Rams, multiple times. Rasheed Rice was number two in yardage, 938. Of course, he didn't play that last game, could have 1,000. Yeah, he was number two. Jordan Addison behind him, Samuel Porter, the tight end behind him, Zay Flowers behind him. Oh, no. 
Oh, no. Rasheed Rice, number two in the NFL in rookie yards. And guess what? Wide receiver yards or catches? Puka 105, Rasheed Rice 79. He was number two in wide receiver catches. Again, Laporta was up there with 86 catches, but that's a tight end. If we're talking just wide receivers only, it was Puka and Rice. Just like in the Huh? And he came on slow at the beginning of the year. They started using him later in the year. So Rice, I mean, he yeah. just he, he didn't have up. to worry about the rookie wall. You know, he just kept on going. And that's that's the kind of mentality he was. And you look at some of the strategy and how they do drafting. Like Mahomes, he had the worst defense, the worst scoring defense in college football when he played. 128th in scoring defense. Meaning every time he had to play, he had to score a touchdown. You know what? That's appealing to me if I'm a team. It's appealing to me that I'm drafting a quarterback that knows he has a score touchdown every time he comes out there. How's that worked out? And Rasheed Rice had 96 catches last year for SMU. Number two wide receiver on that team had 38. What's that tell you? It tells me this guy went out and balled out and did everything for that team. So you got to find dogs, man. Yeah, he turned out a lot All better right. than Sky Moore. But, and then what, what did they say about his injury? Because from the stands, I couldn't quite tell what happened. Oh, I'm Rice. sorry. Well, 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 who, which player are we talking about? On Rice, when he when he got hurt, yeah, he, he came back. back in. He came back in the game, so he's probably going to be okay. I mean, it's, is it someone's going to show up on the injury report maybe this week? But he'll play uh, against uh, either Buffalo or Houston next week. Gotcha. Well, thanks for taking the call. No problem. Thank you for uh, calling. Much appreciated by you, um, Josh Klingler. Is uh, is he ready to go or? JT, tell me what's going on. Well, I was saying he, whenever, whenever. Oh, okay. We'll take a timeout, then yeah, we'll go to him. Exactly. So, so he's not online? No, he's okay. not online. No. Okay. I just didn't want to miss him. If Josh calls in, he comes well, on. Right. Man. No, he did not call in. No, he has not. Right. Let's go to Phoenix and talk to Sandra. What's up, Sandra? Oh, man. First of all, Patrick and that helmet. I've seen the photograph. I saw the play. That is now it's Chief lore. It's just like playing on one leg last year. This is why the guy's legend. That's why he's a legend. He was playing with a broken helmet. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Loved it. It was a great picture, too. That's a great picture. Oh, that's going to go up on the wall in my office next to the uh, left-handed throw in the Denver game with Vaughn Miller draped around his ankles, which is also the one I have hanging there. And I mad prop to the fans that were there. I think it's so cool that some of them have called into the show. And you know what? I, I'm so proud of Casey for showing up and being loud. And here's what I think, though. Kind of a little joke, but years from now, there will be people that say that they were at this game. And if everybody who says they were at this game were actually at this game, there would have been overflow in the parking lot all the way to the Royal Stadium. It's same number that say they were at the Royals wild card game because it's such an amazing thing. I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of the D. Luxurious need, an all pro in our hearts. And I, I, I can't even stand it. I'm, I'm stuttering. I'm stupid. I'm speechless. It was wonderful, Ben. Have Al, a great night. Hey, thank you. Everybody's excited about this, JT. Everybody's excited about this going on. Well, yeah. I mean, you live for another week. You get more week of talking about the Chiefs, and you can play with the underdog card because you know if the bill, if you're playing the Bills, you're going to be the underdog, so you can use the underdog sentiment. I think it was one thing like – You've been good luck for us, JT. <laughs> I'll say this. I think it was actually 
people might think it's weird, but I think it was good that we got the Dolphins this round. Like you, if you get the Steelers, I think they might sleepwalk a little bit in the first half, and you're playing with your food a bit. You get Tyreek and the Dolphins, all the storylines. I, I think it was. I think yeah, it was a good Buffalo's kind of getting them at a good time. It's a backup quarterback. It's Mason Rudolph, even though the starting quarterback's not that good. Uh, T.J. Watt's not playing in the game. So yeah, either, either one of them. I, the next round, you know, it's gonna be tough. If if it's Houston, it's gonna be a pesky team. Oh yeah. You know, oh yeah. Is that gonna be tougher than Buffalo? Maybe. I mean, C.J. Stroud's no joke, man. Well, I that Texas think it team would be is no joke. At this point, because think about it, if you get Buffalo, they have two less days of rest. So I think, I think it would be honestly. You're like, I get it. You're going on the road, but I bet Buffalo would give you the home field advantage over the two days of rest they're missing. Yeah, and you're going to hear a lot of that this week. You're going to hear it so much. It's going to be almost like you're hearing about the cold at Arrowhead this week. Everybody's going to be talking about it, but you're going to hear about who Mahomes' first road playoff game. He played in the Super Bowl against Tampa in Tampa. We forgetting that. We forgetting that. Do you know Mahomes on the road? He's played 49 games in his career on the road. He's played 48 of them at home. He's 37-11 at home, 38-11 on the road. Get this. Going into the night, he has 15,033 yards passing on the road. 1,339 yards passing at home. That is a difference in two games of 1,642 more yards in two games passing than he does at home. You won't hear that in the national media. They, they, won't, they don't do their homework. You won't hear it. Patrick Mahomes has 100, yard, 100 passing touchdowns at home. He's got 119 on the road. You heard me right. He's got 119 on the road. He's got 100 at home. His record this year at home during the regular season was 5-4. and four. His road record this year was 6-2. and two. But you won't hear this because the lazy narrative will be Mahomes has never had to go play a road playoff game. Who gives a damn? This team is built for the road. They've got a defense, top two defense in the NFL, which it is, number two in total defense, number two in scoring defense. I just told you the stats. He's got 1,642 yards more passing on the road in just two more games. He's got 19 more touchdown passes on the road than at home. Please tell me how him playing on the road it should scare anybody because it shouldn't. This team is built to play on the road. Like, I don't care that they're not playing in Kansas City. This team carries a chip on their shoulder. You know, it, this is going to be, this is going to be, um, he, again, he's good player on the road. This is a good road team. And you're going to be a good road team if you can play defense like this. Let's go to Jed and Prairie Village. What's up, Jed? Hey, how you doing, Bink? Hi. I just want to say, hey, I love the Chiefs and they're looking good right now. And I know they had their struggles this year, but, I mean, what else can we ask for them? I mean, you got to – I don't know. What do you think about the next round? Where are they going to go? Well, buddy, I'll tell you this much. We don't know. We don't know where they're going to go. It's up to the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game. Buffalo wins. It's Kansas City going to Buffalo, playing the Bills once again. They've been that, that team that this team has played a lot. And they'll go to Buffalo if Buffalo wins. But Buffalo will have two days less rest than the Chiefs. Remember, they had a nice bye week before they played the Chiefs in the regular season. Now, if Pittsburgh wins, you got the Houston Texans next week at Arrowhead Stadium. And the temperature will be warmer. I looked at the temperature in Buffalo next Sunday. It's going to be 22. Which, that's tropical compared to the night, right? Tonight and what Buffalo's getting this weekend. So 
<laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a mess this weekend, but it should be good. Let's go to Alex and Lee Summit. We'll take a timeout and talk to Josh Kleiner. What's up, Alex? Hey, I just wanted to call in and make a couple points. No questions. You talking about Patrick Mahomes on the road? Yeah. If anybody is worried about Patrick Mahomes on the road, they're crazy. That dude is goat status. That guy, he just he just plays football. That's all he does. It's all he cares about. You can tell when he talks about it in the press conference. Also, talking about if we would have played the Steelers, it might have been, you know, us overlooking somebody the way this team has played this year. I feel like we would have played anybody the same way we played today, 100% all the way. And you know what? Buffalo has a very good chance of losing the Steelers because I trust that Josh Allen will make more mistakes than he makes good plays. You saw the Miami game the other week. He tried to throw that away, and a, a kickoff return was the only reason they won that football game. I would take the Chiefs over anybody in the playoffs right now just because of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the defense is better than any defense, and I will let you guys go on that. Thank you. Well, thank you. I, I'll tell you this much. If Buffalo had a different coach, if they had a good coach, they'd be a good football team. Uh, Buffalo is a very well-rounded team, but they're also the biggest Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde team in the NFL. They look great at times. They look terrible at times. You don't know what team you're getting. They're sixth in uh, points per game, meaning that offense, despite you know changing offensive coordinator, sixth. And defensively in points per game, pretty good team. We talk about how good the Chiefs are at two. The Bills are fourth in the NFL. Ravens, Chiefs, 49ers, Bills, as far as points against. They're a very good team. They're well-rounded. They just find a way to lose games. Again, I think it comes down to coaching. Regardless, we'll take a timeout. We come back. We're from Josh Klingler, a sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs next. Welcome back. Another Kansas City Chiefs postseason victory, 26-7 over the Dolphins. And, what, six straight years of uh, Mahomes winning a playoff game. It's like, here we are back again with another playoff win. These things used to be so sacred, man. <laughs> so sacred getting a playoff win. Yeah, I remember those. Remember the amount of times where we would be a wild card spot? Yep. And you'd be like, oh, so close. The amount of times where you're just like, they were so close to it. Um, it feels good. It feels it's good. It's kind of fun have... when the postseason. Is. Oh, yeah. It's so fun. And honestly, I don't like it when we're on wild card weekend. I was like, oh, I'm going to like it. I get an extra game. <laughs> no, it's a little more stressful. You're like, oh, God, if we don't win, we're actually done. This is weird. If you're an NFL fan, today's game sucked. I mean, they did. The Houston-Cleveland game was terrible. Cleveland, Joe Flacco, that. The first the first half was, I would say the first half was fun. But the number one, that's the number one defense in the NFL, the number one total defense, had 45 points put on them. Uh, Number one uh, offense. Don't say 45 because they did have two pick six. The pick sixes, I get it. Okay. But still, they were terrible. Regardless of the pick sixes. But C.J. Stroud is some The number one offense scored seven points. So the number one defense got jobbed, racked around, got the hell beat out of them. And the number one offense got the hell beat out of them. Yeah. And this Uh, is what people got for a 599 on Peacock. The big thing about it was, with the Browns was, is 
They were turnover prone. They were their number one turnover team. Guess what? It showed up big time today. How many people do you think are emailing Peacock right now to cancel the subscription because they, they enough Law and Order, uh, the Office reruns? It's oh, like once oh. you get this game out of the way, I bet they, I bet they literally put it in. They bought the five dollar thing and then they canceled it immediately because you get it for the first month that you paid for it. So I bet they got the first month and then they just canceled right away. 2015 playoffs uh, with Alex Smith, the Chiefs won 30 to nothing over the Houston Texans and lost the following week, 27 to 20 to the Patriots. Uh, 2013 playoffs, lost the Colts. 2010 playoffs, lost the Ravens, one and done. 2006, one and done, lost the Colts. 2003 playoffs, one and done, lost the Colts. 1997 playoffs, one and done, lost the Broncos. 1995 playoffs, one and done, lost to the Colts again. And 1994, one and done, they lost to the Miami Dolphins before the 93 playoffs when they went um, to Buffalo that year in the AFC title game with Joe Montana. So you had that uh, January 8th, 1994, all the way to January 9th, 2016, without a playoff win. Think about that. January, you heard me right, January 8th, January 8th, or no, excuse me, January 23rd, 1994 was that loss. Their last win was January 16th in Houston. Houston Oilers. <laughs> the Houston Oilers, Haywood Jeffries and Ernest Givens in the bunch. Uh, January 16th, 94, they went all the way to January 9th, 2016. Oh, my gosh. Without winning a playoff game. The one that hurt and me the most. And they've got six straight years of winning a playoff game. I know there were some bad losses playoff-wise, but the one that hurt me the most was the Pittsburgh Steelers one where we didn't give up a single touchdown and we lost. Because <laughs> of the two-point conversion, you get it, but then there's a hold, and then everyone's bashing Eric Fisher because of the hold, and it's just yep. like, oh, man. That means, JT, people that were born in 93, they were at a bar drinking for a year. They were 22 years old. So born, go all the way to 22, through college, drink beer before they won a playoff game. And they've gone six straight years winning a playoff game. Again, you don't take this stuff lightly. Let's go to Neil and Lone Jack. What's up, Neil? Thanks for coming out the other night, buddy. Man, last Cinder night block. was great. Uh, always great to see you, Jay. Always great to see everybody. Dusty, you know, down the line from Bob and Josh and CDOT and everybody. And really, shout out to CDOT. I won't go into detail, but he knows he had the highlight of the night. Uh, everybody had a great time. Tonight was just as good. Uh, it was it was cold, man. I, you know, this we made history tonight out of that Arrowhead, and it was a beautiful thing. Um, it was noticeable. Were you it out there was. too, Neil? What, Jay? Were you out there too? I go to every game, brother. I know you do. I, well, except for yeah. some of the postseason, you didn't go to that Tampa one. You were well, the, you were bad luck, Neil, because you didn't go. Now, now, come on, Jay. Now we've gone, we've been through this before. <laughs> the only reason I didn't I do tried that to get you to go to Tampa, Kansas. The weather was abysmal that day. But it was Absolutely today too horrible? Was the was the, the worst weather, of the day? No. Well, it was. Today was colder, but the roads were crap that day. I mean, this day the roads were okay. I'm kidding you, know? you Neil. Like, I'm kidding you. And I expect you. To I know. I know you. Are. I know you are. Hey, you know, I went to Glendale this year, and I, you know, of course, I was in Miami. And I know you were. remember. It, you we just got, got your card and went. If we got, yeah, I went to Glendale. I said, I sent you pictures. Um, me and my daughter went. My daughter came with me. It was great. We went That's to the awesome. Zoo in St. Louis That's awesome. Minutes. It's awesome. It was awesome. Today was awesome. It, but it, I tell you what. It was noticeable. The one thing I knew was going to be a bear was setting up the tailgate. And once we got that done, I figured we'd be okay. 
It was noticeably cold during the game, but I changed my hand warmers, my feet warmers at halftime. Did your beer freeze? And I didn't drink beer. I drank wine and had a couple shots of Fireball. Yeah. Stuff was freezing, man. Beer was freezing fast. Yeah, no, my my boy J Dog, his beer was freezing. And that he sucks, man. Good thing you had some he center block last night. Every, everything about this weekend has been perfect. We just need Pittsburgh to win now. It'll be even more perfect. Can't wait till Monday. We'll go through a couple things here. I mean, I believe tonight was a great night. I mean, we dominated pretty much the entire game. Patrick said it in his post game. We have to clean up the red zone. And if we can, the sky's the limit. Like, I don't, I'm not out here boasting about how we're going to kill everybody the rest of this postseason because obviously Miami was banged up and Miami couldn't even take down the Bills, which we should have taken down the Bills. They should have taken down the Bills. The Chargers could have taken down the Bills. The Patriots could have taken down the Bills. I think the Steelers might take down the Bills, seriously. Let's hope because they're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, They're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, uh, Neil. Hey, uh, I got to go to Kling here now because Kling was on the sideline. Give me his call back if you want to later, Neil. But I got to go to Kling because Kling was on the sideline, man. We're talking lips frozen like Aubrey in Christmas Vacation. But he doesn't care because he's a gamer and he's good at what he does. Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, joins us now. What's up, Kling? Nah, it was an absolute steamer out there. I mean, just yeah. hot as all get out. Yeah, it's, it's much much warmer when you win. It was no problem. No, no, it was it was every bit of of cold. I am saying this now. Uh, there's a lot of times you can claim that you were at something that yeah. I give you credit for, like the Jackson Five uh, concert at Arrowhead. Everybody can claim they were there. You cannot claim were you there? That you were at this game unless you were at this game. I'm like with you. That, that's that's the rule on this one. It was uh, you went there and you were the hearty soul that did it. You get every bit of the credit and do not take any credit if you didn't go because that was a, that was a great group of fans that that man they endured some stuff to get through tonight. Were you at Jackson Five too? I was not, but you know everybody claims they were there, right? I, I, I mean Arrowhead Stadium only holds so much, but it felt like that everybody has claimed that they were actually at that concert. It, not physically possible, but I've always given you credit. Like you said, you were there. Like fine, whatever. I'm old enough to go to the 80 World Series. I'm old enough to go to the 1980 World Series. That's how old I am, Kling. Of course, you're. We're kind of in the same wheelhouse I was, here. I was there too. We were probably sitting by each other. We didn't even know it. Oh, yeah. that's right. We probably were. Yep. It was against the Phillies. Uh, game was it? Game three, maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, I was either at two or three. I don't remember either. Yeah. Yeah, but I know it's there. It's like cheap. It's like eight bucks a ticket, and GA something like that is ridiculous. Uh, nice. Well, how was it tonight, though, Kling? I mean, you know, this cra- Andy was singing praises of the crowd. Um, the crowd was great. I mean, the swag surf and the singing friends in low places. I mean, the crowd looked like they were having fun. Donna Kelsey's jamming with Taylor. I mean, the crowd had a great time, man. It's a party. They're getting used to this playoff wins, Kling. We had 22 straight years. We didn't win a playoff game. Now, all of a sudden, it's like what they do every year. Yeah, I wasn't sure how today was going to be either because when I rolled into the parking lot, it was uh, it was pretty slow, and you know I know that the that the 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 ticket price was was really low, and I thought, well, you know maybe a bunch of people, um, you know, go for a little bit and and duck out or don't go at all, and it might be kind of a you know forty fifty uh, thousand crowd, but no man, it was I mean it wasn't full full, but it was pretty doggone full and really really loud. And so uh, kudos to everyone that, that did their part in that regard. And then, I mean, 
I don't know what more you can say about this defense. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo's defense is just stinking awesome. And the way that they adjust and may take a few blows early, but then locks things down continues to be just so, so impressive. The, this, this defense just keeps getting better. And uh, to, to shut down that offense the way they did, didn't get the run game going at all. Obviously, there was just one play, one play that they could take away. Um, that's the, the, the Tyreek touchdown. And other than that, they were, they were awesome running downhill getting after people, uh, doing it with, you know, depth once again, along the defense, uh, throughout up and down, they were, they were fantastic. I don't know. There's enough descriptions you could have of, of the, how well this defense, uh, plays. And then the offense, you know, did their thing. I thought aside from the first, what three plays where I go, are you kidding me? You're going to throw the ball around the yard all night. Um, I thought once they found the balance and once they found the mixture, um, they really looked good offensively. Punch in one more touchdown. This is a serious blowout. I mean, it was a blowout enough. Really, I, you, know, you were in command of this game the entire time. But say the uh, say the the uh, the play that gets called back for a touchdown, or you have a field goal that you know you 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 punch in for seven instead. You're talking about a real real big thumping. So I thought did some things offensively. Rashi Rice looks every bit of the part of a, of a number one. You got Kelsey going again tonight. Pacheco runs as hard as we know anybody in the league <laughs> does. And then, uh, and then Mahomes, you know, kind of standing amidst the pressure. And how about his couple of runs tonight? Babe? Angry like, runs. That angry run that he went towards the goal line. I know Mitch on the broadcast, he's like, I hope Patrick's okay. And I was thinking, <laughs> I hope the defensive backs are okay. Yeah. Cause he laid, he laid some stick on those guys. So, um, all in all, that was a that was a fantastic win, and um, man, now you just get to sit back. That's the best part too. Playing today, I just get to sit back and watch the rest of the weekend, and just I mean, if our biggest question is, man, who's it going to be? That's that's a pretty good spot to be in. You know, I, I've rarely seen a defense like not want to tackle somebody, especially a quarterback. But the at times it's like, do they want to hit Mahomes? Because Mahomes is trucking right through him. I mean, you talk about those angry runs. I hope he gets on the Kyle Brant's. Uh, Angry runs because no one won the no one won the hit him is beautiful thing. We're gonna play your interview later. You had it with Nick Bolton. He leads the team with ten tackles. Number two is George Karloftis with six, but there was Nick Bolton. Five of those were uh, solo and one tackle for losses. But man, Nick Bolton certainly when he was hurt, Drew Tranquil stepped in for him. But man, this defense with him just so dominating. Mm-hmm. He's just been so consistently good with the Chiefs. And he's just he's just running downhill too, right? I mean, yeah. it's just when you get those linebackers out there, you know, uh, able to follow the the defensive lineman and really you know spear down the field, and then you know that the back end's going to lock things up. I mean, how outstanding was the uh, the secondary tonight? I know we'll give uh, Snead and McDuffie a ton of credit, and absolutely should. But uh, don't forget those those safeties tonight, Edwards and Reed and Connor, um, as well as they play in the in the secondary. Man, they are. They are fun to watch. This defense has been so fun to watch over the entire season, and you just feel the utmost confidence when, when they're on the field. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of teams looking to see what uh, Veach does as far as drafting defensive backs because he's been absolutely nails on it. And uh, Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie, I mean, they, they were hitting out there. They were doing things. I mean, throwing Tyreek Hill down to the ground, you name it. I mean, they were frustrating him in his face. These were, see, this team's fast, man. Mostert's a 4-3-2 guy. 
Achan's a 4-3-2 guy. Jalen Waddle's allegedly a 4-3-7 guy. Tyreek's probably a 4-2-something guy. I mean, this is a track team. And all yeah. I kept hearing all day was how the receivers have the advantage. The speed has the advantage because the defense is going backwards. On a good on a, on a field that's terrible like this, where it's so cold, offense has the advantage and they're so fast. That didn't show up tonight at all. Um, A-chan was the one that scared me, Bank, going into this game. I thought, Same. man, that's a, that's a difference maker guy that you didn't see in the first go-round. Absolutely shut him down. Uh, and then, you know, being physical as well. I think you can negate some speed with some physical play. I know the video's probably going around of of the uh, the, the throat punch that Legereus Steed threw at, at, at Tyree yeah. Hill, stop him in his tracks. I mean, they're not afraid to get up in your face and lay the lay the licking. Uh, McDuffie hitting Tyreek Hill on that screen pass. I mean, the way that they physically play as well is just as impressive. And yeah, I think you know they set the tone, right? Um, you wanna you wanna use some speed? Well, you got to be able to run around us first. And if we're up there jamming you at the line of scrimmage, um, it's gonna make it very very difficult. A very long night. So. Um, tip of the cap to again Steve Spagnolo and and his ability to coordinate a defense and his ability to get this defense playing just through so many different people that seem to bring it. He's the best uh, coordinator in the National Football League, in my opinion. All right, Clean, where do you want to go next, Buffalo, or do you want to stay at home and play the Texans? Well, of course, you'd like to stay at home and, and play the Texans, but at this point, I don't care. <laughs> like you're through, you know what I mean? Like it's just it's just about being through. Yes, in your heart of hearts. I think we're all rooting for Pittsburgh, right, on on, uh, on Monday. Sure. Um, uh, you know, if, if, it, if it happens to be Buffalo, then the spin will be, hey, um, all the pressure's on the Bills. And then you go to Buffalo, and they're on shorter rest. Um, you'd have that uh, kind of storyline built in as well. So I, I don't really care. Uh, it's just about getting through the, the round. But I think if you play like you played today, um, you know, you can, you can beat a lot of teams. It's not going to – no one's you're not going to fear anybody if you're playing as well defensively there. And then don't don't forget the special teams. Special teams were terrific tonight as well. Uh, Butker kicked in, in tremendously difficult uh, kicking situations tonight and made it look relatively easy. But uh, you play like that, you can beat just about anybody. And that's finally a game that we got to see that uh, frame of Chiefs where um, you do. I don't want to say just enough offensively because I think that would sell them short. Um, you know, I think they did some really good things offensively tonight and then absolutely being a lockdown defense. That's going to be, that's, gonna, that's a tough recipe to beat 29 degrees next Sunday at Arrowhead stadium cling, uh, which would be tropical compared to the night, um, 22 in Buffalo next, uh, Sunday. So a little bit of difference, not much. It's only seven degree difference. So it's not going to matter. Your swag surfing will still be intact, my friend. Yeah, I was uh, as I was driving home, my car registered minus eleven, and I'm nice. going, "Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? This is this is stupid." So yes, anything will will be an improvement. But again, big tip of the cap to the fans that were outside braving the elements. Hundred percent wasn't just me, and I had I had some you know I was next to some heaters anyway. <laughs> uh, the people that were in the stands for the entire game tonight, man, just just absolutely unbelievable. Because uh, man, I I don't. I, don't, I was working. I, I, if I was just fanning the game, I think I'd have been on the couch. So good job by a lot of people at Arrowhead tonight. I'm glad you brought up Betker because, again, four field goals in this conditions, crazy. I mean, that's how good this guy's been of uh, this season. Great stuff, Kling. Enjoy your – well, you get a day off tomorrow because it's Sunday. So enjoy I'm your – I'm going to watch football. I'm watching football like everybody else for the next two days. It's going to be great. That's Thanks, right. Bink. That's right. Take care, Kling. Right there, Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, also co-host – 
Fesco in the morning here at 5.58. Uh, JT's done that show quite a bit uh, as well. Uh, yeah, I have. Got up early. Glad I wasn't With me? doing it. Hey, that is true. Glad we weren't doing it last week, though, man. That would have been there would have been some tough mornings again here because of the weather. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But the but Butker, yeah. I mean, what can you say? You can't say enough about this guy. I mean, four field goals today. It wasn't easy kicking out there. Of course, Juwan Taylor's penalty uh, negated the Chiefs touchdown. So they had to bring Butker out there. But what a weapon. If you're gonna play this style of football, which is fine, which is play great defense, because you are what you are. And right now, this is a defensive team. Do do what you got to do. What made the New England Patriots so good with their dynasties? They played the who and what they were. Like early on, that wasn't the Tom Brady show. That was winning a Super Bowl with defense. That was winning a Super Bowl with a guy like Troy Brown that led the team in yards. And then the next year, he's sitting there playing defensive back. You know, then they had those years with Welker and Randy Moss and a great offense and undefeated regular season to lose to Steve Spagnuolo's defense in the Super Bowl. And then they won the defense before. They've won with offense. I mean, you won with Tom Brady's consistency, but they learned who and what they were and played to the strengths of what they had. And right now, the strengths of what this team has is defense, it's field position, and it's Harrison Butker kicks. And a quarterback that knows the field and knows how to win. He's already passed Troy Aikman, Aaron Rodgers, um, and Roger Stallback with road playoff wins. I mean, it's unbelievable. He and Kelsey sit one touchdown behind Gronk and Brady combination for the most ever. Travis Kelsey sits 11 catches now behind Jerry Rice all time in postseason receptions. Mahomes 12 and three, as I've mentioned in the playoffs, he's already got 12 playoff wins in six seasons as a starter. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what he's doing. Let's go to Dan and KC keep real quick. Then we'll take a timeout. We'll hear from uh, Pete Sweeney, editor in chief Arrowhead pride. Dot com. What's up, Dan and KCK? Hey, good morning, Bink. How you doing? That was a dominant performance by the Chiefs. Just for pitching the shout-out. And uh, Rasheed Rice, uh, 130 yards. And then, uh, yeah, Pacheco with a touchdown. And this defense is real special. Bink reminds me of 1969 defense when they when, uh, when went down, uh, they outscored the offense. And uh, I think uh, Big T will agree, will agree, will agree with that. I think Stephen Lovex will agree with me. Uh, but he's always, uh, you know, he's always uh, you know, impractical. What do you think about that, Bink? <laughs> It's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, here's the other thing, too. I want to, want to shout out Ty. <laughs> we can shout out so many players on this team. Ty brings up Mike Pinnell. Mike Pinnell was the guy that was activated practice squad. Three tackles for Mike Pinnell. Came in there for Derek Nottie. Great job by old Mike Pinnell that's back with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, good job. There's so many players to go around. But Butker, man, what can you say about him? I mean, just <laughs> it's like kicking a rock out there, man. Kicking the boulder. I mean, the punter for Miami had a horrible game with his punts. And Bucker goes out there, goes four for four. It's just like unbelievable. And you, you I know one you of were, his best. I know he had six a couple weeks ago. This was his best game because, just because you were a little doubtful in him because wind, he had missed two cold. a couple. You, you, he had missed a couple, and you were worried about him. But ever since he's missed those two, that one game, he's been. He went on. He missed two it was in, back-to-back games. Right, missed yeah, one he missed and, one. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. But after those two, he's missed. He's been near perfect. All year. He, he's all pro in my mind how good he's been. How about James Winchester? Nobody shouts out the long snapper. You got to have the snaps, man. If you're going to get the kick, you got to have the snaps, man. Props to James Winchester. One of the four guys that predated Patrick Mahomes, James Winchester. But shout out the long snapper for the Kansas City Chiefs. It wasn't easy to snap tonight. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. And welcome back 
early Sunday morning, 1251 in the a.m. Our next guest is the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. You hear him each and every, uh, well, he's on all the time. And you got uh, Arrowhead Pride Radio on Wednesday nights uh, with the Dust Man, but it's Pete Sweeney's presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping KC sports fans with all of their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson right here on the Arrowhead Pride post game show. The editor in chief, ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. Pete, the uh, Chiefs just continue to win playoff games, and I told people uh, enjoy it because there was a nice 22 uh, year run where they didn't win one. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough to remember what those times were like uh, at this stage. And sure, you know, I, I think it looked a little different tonight. We've kind of grown accustomed to that during the 2023 season, but the result uh, ends up being the same. You get another team advancing to the divisional round next week. I felt they today they played their most complete game. I know you look back at, you know, several games this year, you know, early on, maybe against the Chicago Bears, you name it, but it didn't matter. It mattered now because it was the playoffs. It was the playoffs in the cold. It was the playoffs against the Miami Dolphins, the team with the number one offense in the NFL, going against the number two defense in the NFL that I think was a big storyline that wasn't really played out. It was more of Chiefs offensive struggles this season than the number two defense going against the number one offense. But they they uh, they showed out once again against the Dolphins, who have been a completely different team whenever they played a team with a winning record. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you just watch this game of the – the Dolphins and what they they did to tonight. I mean, you would, you would think they're a bad offensive team, uh, and they are not. And I mean, it's it's just incredible what Tyreek Hill has been able to do, and and what you've seen from from Jalen Waddle, and what you've seen from Raheem Mostert and and Devon Achan. And I, I just I think you saw the Chiefs once again dominate uh, in that fashion, and, and really hold them to basically being non factors. Uh, and it it just it, it's a moment I think that can give you the confidence. Like if if the Chiefs are going to end up doing this this year and and going the whole way, uh, it's going to be on the the heels of the defense. And you should take away from this if you're Kansas City. Like if we can do this against Miami, who really you know in some games this year dominated other teams, we can accomplish this against uh, anybody. And and sure, Tyreek got his. But, man, you take that one play away, and, I, you know, I know you got McDuffie, and McDuffie wish he had that one back, but you take that one play away, I mean, they could do nothing all night. And uh, I just think you can, you can grow in confidence from that game, even if you have to go play in a, a snowy Buffalo stadium. Were you, uh, is there any team that really strikes fear at you at all in the AFC outside of Baltimore? Maybe they don't even either. I don't know, but is there any team that really – you look at them and say, oh, think, man, this team you guys, this team's going to be tough. Yeah. I think Baltimore's the most complete team that Kansas City needs you know, to, to potentially go up against. Uh, Buffalo sticks out just because I, th- I think they were playing well at the end of the year. I know a couple of close calls mixed into that, but they really had to have their postseason start in the middle of the season, uh, essentially. And it'll be a different scenario for Kansas City if they have to play Buffalo. Uh, we have not seen this team have to go to another team stadium uh, during the AFC portion of the playoffs. I guess they technically, in an odd way, did it against the Bucks, but uh, they haven't had to do that uh, as far as another team stadium in the AFC playoffs. Um, and so I, th- I think that adds an interesting wrinkle. You know, we've talked about this, Jay, uh, very quietly. Patrick Mahomes is a, a better quarterback on the road than he is at home. Yeah. Uh, so we know that nothing will bother him. But uh, I, I just find, uh, you know, now is when it gets tough. And 
like we're complimenting them tonight and we're extremely happy and, and you don't want to take that away. They're going to celebrate it tonight, uh, but then they got to get back to work. Uh, I just, and I wrote this in our, our rapid reaction. I think the win was great. I think you take a lot of positives away from the win, but if you go two of six, one of six in the red zone against Buffalo, against Baltimore, if you're able to make it through and, and get to the Super Bowl, it's unlikely that you're going to win that game. Uh, they need to be way better in the red zone on offense. Yeah, and at least Butker's playing the way he's doing. I mean, that's for him to have those four field goals, one of those touchdowns got brought back because Juwan Taylor, uh, another untimely penalty, so they had to rely on Butker. But, man, do you think the Chiefs have kind of accepted who and what they are? Because we saw New England do this so often with, you know, if they were a defensive team, Tom Brady played to his defense. When they were going to be an offensive team, they went out and lit up the scoreboard. And Tom Brady, you know, threw for – you know, 5,000 yards, and they became an offensive team. The defense is great. They became more of a defense, but they knew who and what they were, and I think that's what made that team so good. Do you think the Chiefs have come to grips now? Okay, this is a defensive team. This is a team that you just put them in place, and Butker can get the job done. Yes, Rasheed Rice was a great draft pick by the Chiefs, and obviously they'll go a little heavier on offense now, but do you think they've come to grips kind of who and what they are? I think Patrick Mahomes has, and – a lot of you know team football, especially at this pro level, is follow the leader. And uh, I don't think he was necessarily there at the beginning of the season. You know, I think the Chiefs really needed the full 17 games to understand that, look, they don't necessarily have the offensive firepower this year. We're going to have to really win by, A, leaning into our defense, but, B, like not making mistakes, forcing things on, on third down, right? Like throwing the ball away and being comfortable midfield. Uh, of punting it and flipping the field and giving the other team 90 yards to go. Uh, and Mahomes talked about that at the presser. I mean, that was a, a telling thing. Uh, I think he's realized that, you know, this year. And it might be different, right? Like next year, Rasheed Rice is another year. Um, maybe you have a T. Higgins in the building. You know, maybe that starts to open things up for Travis Kelsey. Maybe there's another tight end that can uh, be an offensive weapon in the Knicks. And maybe it's different next year. But right now, uh, there's a certain method that you have to follow and it's taking care of the football and letting your defense do what it does. And when you need to kick the field goal, kick the field goal. Because, you know, you saw how this game kind of transpired. You were getting frustrated with the field goal. Suddenly it's nine. You can't score nine in one possession, Jay. I know you know no. that. And so, uh, you know, I think the Chiefs kind of realize what they are. And that being said, I, you know, I think, I think Buffalo and Baltimore are better. I think they're going to be able to put up points. Uh, and so I think they need to figure out, okay, we're moving the ball from the 20-yard line to the 20-yard line. How do we punch it in? I mean, we have to find a way to, to, to have more of these uh, red zone drives turn to touchdowns. Well, the good thing for the Chiefs, and we've seen this uh, really when you get to the postseason, you got to find out who, who are your guys. And offensively, it was about Mahomes, it was about Pacheco, it was about Rice and Kelsey. A very short group of four guys there. Those are the guys they leaned on and – certainly leaned on Rasheed Rice because he had more yards tonight than he's had in his career. And that's good to see when a guy goes to the season, goes to that rookie wall and everything, and then has a game like Rice. This can only help Kelsey going forward, who ended up with 7 of 71, who's actually just 11 catches behind Jerry Rice all time in postseason yeah. catches. But they kind of stuck with the short group to do the bulk work of, work of offense. Yeah, I just think that, like, you you establish the run with Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, you have Rasheed Rice be that guy, and and initially early on in the game, you know he's seeing single coverage, and then all of a sudden the defense has to pay attention to the other guys. You know I I think 
when Rasheed Rice was learning the game and at the beginning of the year, he wasn't going to be that guy for Kansas City. They were leading into other other folks like Marquez Valdez-Scaling and, and Kadarius Toney and, and trying to get Sky Moore going. It took a long time for the Chiefs to realize, like, we can lean into the kid, and he's been great. And now I, I think he's looking like one of the better players uh, in the playoff tournament. And if you can kind of register that in opposing defensive coordinators' minds, that's going to open things up for Travis. And Travis had a nice night. Uh, he did have a couple drops, which you never oh. want to see. Uh, you don't want to get the drop itis going, but I think he fought through it uh, and was still able to have a productive evening. And I even expect bigger things. Cause, uh, you know, the, the drops that he has had, sometimes they've happened in his career here and there, um, but it doesn't last. And, and so, you know, you look toward next next week, uh, I don't expect to, to see that. And, you know, who knows what kind of yardage you're expecting from Kelsey. I, I also think the week of rest really helped Kelsey, especially at the beginning of the game. I felt like he had a little bit more pep in his step. Uh, and, uh, if Baltimore, I'm sorry, if Buffalo uh, does take care of business on Monday, what's good about this whole scenario, I know that some fans are upset, but the Chiefs are going to have two days of additional rest. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, Buffalo is going to have, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh's a tough team. I'm, I'm not saying that the Steelers are going to win, um, but they play a tough brand of football, and the Chiefs are going to be putting their feet up for two days, and then they get to watch that, uh, and Buffalo's kind of going to be reeling from that Tuesday forward, and Kansas City's going to be heading up there uh, well-rested. And you can see what rest can do for, for players uh, just based upon this game. Was there anything that really stood out to you in this game, Pete? Because to me, it was the uh, rush offense uh, of Miami that's sixth in the NFL as a team. Back when they played them in Germany, they were number one rushing team in the NFL. You have uh, two four-three-two guys in Mostert and um, HN in this game. I thought they'd be able to run the ball better than they ran for 76 yards tonight. I thought that was really the story of the Chiefs' run defense that at times has been a liability for this defense, letting teams, you know, kind of take control of the game by running early on the Chiefs and kind of setting the tempo. To me, that was the uh, difference in the game. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I was just going to say running on, on both sides uh, of the ball. I was a little surprised that that HN has become such a weapon for Miami, and, and they really waited until the second half to try to get him involved, involved and by then it, it – it was too late, you know, seemingly. And, you know, they got to a point where they had to throw the football. And, and I, I just think they, they got away from the run because they had to. Um, Miami is a much better team when they're running the ball and, and opening things up for for those guys uh, and the downfield passing. And they just could never get it going uh, here in Kansas City. I also uh, think they were a little bit, you know, just based upon my look, um, a, a little bit, not happy to be out there, which is how cold it was. I mean, it was yeah. extremely cold. Not to say the Chiefs were happy to be out there, but I just felt like, to me, it looked like they're more comfortable in handling it better. You know, and of course they're in their home building, um, and so that's going to help. But uh, you know, I, you know, I thought the run game uh, it was surprising how poor, poorly uh, the runners for Miami performed, just because I, I've been very impressed with both of them uh, this season, especially HN. And then Chiefs wise. Isaiah Pacheco at 39 yards in the first drive. Like, that, that's what you want. Um, you know, I talk a lot about looking down at the box score in the middle of the game. The Chiefs are usually playing well when Isaiah Pacheco in the third quarter is in that 11 to 15 range. He was right there. Finishes the game with, a, I believe it was 23 carries. And, and granted, the, the rush per attempt, um, you know, if you just look at the box score, 
it, it was a little bit lower than, than you would like. But it, I think if you watch the game, you just realize just how important Isaiah Pacheco is. I mean, it just changes the game for Kansas City. Uh, and Clyde does a nice job when he, when he has to come in in relief. And so uh, I think establishing the run for Kansas City was big. I think the inability for Miami to establish the run was big. And, again, this is the postseason, right? Like, you, you continue to play on. You can really draw confidence because if you can handle the Miami rushing attack, you know, you'll be able to when now Buffalo is suddenly running their offense through James Cook or, you know, you see a different number of running backs that Baltimore likes to use or, you know, you see how often, if it comes to it, the Houston Texans hand the ball off to, to Devin Singletary. You already handled the Miami attack. You should be able to handle these other running backs. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff, Pete. Pete uh, Sweeney presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping KC sports fans with all their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. I assume you have TV coming up here in a few hours, Pete. Yeah, just got off the field. We did we did live TV, and then we recorded something for the morning. So after this, oh, I'm okay. going to write – yeah, I'm going to write a newsletter piece uh, and then head to bed uh, probably around uh, 2 a.m. local time. So that's going to be uh, a nice evening for me. I might make myself a midnight snack, Jay. Do you have any suggestions? Uh, stop by the Waffle House. Okay, that sounds good. That'd be my suggestion. Nachos, you don't have a new right. game tomorrow. Right, so play. take care, Pete. There you go, Pete Swinney right there. We'll take a timeout. We come back. Touchdown Kansas City with the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtus. Chiefs with a nice 26-7 postseason victory over the Miami Dolphins tonight. But now it's time to go back and recap the scoring in this game with the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtus. Uh, Touchdown Kansas City is what we call it, brought to you by Tullamardu. When it's game time, it's Tully time. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Batman! A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtus. Touchdown, Kansas City! Well, if you're going to defer, you need to stop the Chiefs in that first drive. We know how good that drive can be. Things are scripted, and the Chiefs are incredibly tough to beat uh, once things are scripted. It was the Chiefs striking first, 11.05 in the first quarter. Mahomes to Rasheed Rice, his first postseason TD. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is in the game now at running back. They fake to him. Mahomes throws right side. Top Rice at the five angling right. Touchdown! Kansas City rookie Rasheed Rice, his first postseason touchdown. An 11-yard crossing pattern. And just like Germany, the Chiefs have an outstanding opening drive for a touchdown to start the game. It's a great way to set the tempo in this game. 11-yard strike from Patrick Mahomes to Rasheed Rice, his first postseason touchdown catch. Nine plays, 69 yards, 355 off the clock on that opening drive. Miami would not score. The Chiefs would actually score second. It was been Mr. Automatic at this point. Harrison Butker with the 28-yard field goal in the freezing cold temperature. This ball would be placed at the 18-yard line going left to right. This is not a bargain. This is just a 28-yard attempt. For Butker, of course, was outstanding in the regular season, 33 of 35. But the snap hold is there. The kick by Butker is good. And the Chiefs have a two-possession lead at 10 to nothing at 14.51 to go in the first half. Yeah, huge for their Chiefs there because Harrison Butker was kicking a rock out there 
as far as the football, 1451 in the second quarter, 10 plays, 48 yards, 312 off the clock, 10 to nothing, Kansas City Chiefs. But then the Miami Dolphins would come right back really quickly, 1401 left in the second quarter. The running back Mostert behind Tua Tungavailo in motion to the right side is Tyree Kill. They're going to run a deep route, a wheel route to the far side. Tyree Kill comes back to the ball, catches at the 10. Flag on the play. Tyree Kill to the right. Touchdown, Miami Dolphins. It's a 47-yard, or rather 53-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill. Off play action, pending the penalty. And that was Miami's big play. Tyreek Hill gets into the end zone on a 53-yard touchdown pass from Tua. Two plays, 62 yards, only taking 50 seconds off the clock. Okay, the game starts tightening up a little bit. 10-7. to seven. Then it's the Chiefs going back to Mr. Automatic. This will be a 26-yard attempt from the near hash by Butker. He had a 28-yarder. On his last attempt, placement is down. Townsend does a good job of getting it in the zone for Butker to kick it through. 13-7, Kansas City. 13-7, Kansas City at that point, and you points are going to be a premium for Miami in this game. It's going to be tough to score. So many here's some Butker field goal. What's well, going to be big for the Chiefs? First one was a 28-yarder. This is a 26-yard field goal. 12 plays, 72 yards. Taking 625 off the clock. That field goal was 736 left in the second quarter and again you got to start converting some of these in the touchdowns i get it harrison butker's been automatic but man it is so nice to have those automatic field goals as harrison butker uh gets his second field goal of the game uh there and then of course uh then later in the third quarter the only scoring is, is halftime halftime was uh, 16 to 7 kansas city chiefs third quarter only scoring was once again Harrison Butker. This will be a 21-yard attempt in the center of the field here. But again, every snap, every hold, every kick, every return is tricky with this temperature and these winds. Placement is down. Butker's kick, and he got it. A 21-yard field goal. Butker, this fourth field goal of the night. And it's tough going out there and kicking. Tough out there snapping for James Winchester. 13 plays, 69 yards, 532 off the clock, 749 left in third quarter. So Harrison Butker, four field goals, 128 yards, 126 yards, 132 yards, 121 yards. But that sets up what I think was kind of a special play. The Tully touchdown of the game. Time for the Tully touchdown of the game. Time to raise the glass with Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. The Chiefs once again go back to one of my favorite offensive formations, the single wing. And now the Chiefs spin out. They're going to go to a single wing type play here. This will be a direct snap. It goes to Pacheco, spinning. Now moving to the left side. Pacheco, touchdown! Kansas City, the single wing, again being used on the direct snap spinner. And all of the single wing coaches spike the ball with the Kansas City Chiefs. And now the Chiefs have opened up a 25-7 lead on a three-yard run by Pacheco. There were coaches talking about that. Even Conway Springs uh, football was tweeting out about the single wing flanked by the Chiefs, but that was our Tully touchdown of the game. Time to raise a glass with Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. The Chiefs at this point would go up 26-7. I get it. If the touchdown really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things, I just thought it was cool. It was uh, showing some creativity. What can they do near the goal line? And they did this twice now this year with the single wing, the spinner backs in the backfield. Isaiah Pacheco, three-yard touchdown run, 14 plays, 72-yard drive. Really an impressive drive for the Chiefs, 7-1 off the clock. And that touchdown was scored with 
remaining in the game, making the score 26 to 7. There was no more scoring at that point, but that's touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time. That's uh, Mitch Holtis. Love hearing uh, the voice of Mitch Holtis talking about the scoring for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, JT, there are times where you get frustrated, times when a John Taylor uh, penalty brings back a touchdown by the Kansas City Chiefs, but Harrison Butker, he did that those two straight games where he missed the field goal, was so automatic this year, and you're like, okay, is this going to get in his head? Is he going to worry about these missed kicks? He can't worry about extra points being missed or what field goals. You haven't been, and tonight was a true test. Harrison Butker, he had six field goals a couple weeks ago, had four tonight, but what a weapon for this team. You play that great defense, and you bring out Mr. Automatic, and he's if you're not going to score those touchdowns, you're going to have red zone penalties to bring back touchdowns. You need an automatic kicker like Harrison Butker. Yeah, and he was automatic. He got those points. Uh, I mean, I think it was a kind of, I get it, we've had red zone problems throughout the season, but it felt more like tonight was more of the weather. I felt like they weren't being aggressive, and I think it had to do with the weather and who they were playing. I think they knew what was going on and that their defense could stop this offense of the Dolphins in the cold, so I don't think they were trying to take too many risks. And I think Mahomes wasn't trying to force anything into the end zone. Usually you see him trying to make a couple plays where he's making more scrambles. This time he was just like, all right, I'm going to take the points. I'm not going to try to risk maybe taking a sack here. Throw it away, live for another down. And I think he was just they were okay with taking the field goal in the element and who they were playing tonight. Yeah, kind of knowing who and what they are. And it's a good point. You know, not forcing it, not trying to make too many things happen, uh, you know, by himself. Just seeing what he's doing. And I thought I thought he did. I thought Mahomes was great tonight. 262 yards passing. In this kind of cold, wins his 12th playoff game. He's now 12 and three in the postseason. I thought he was outstanding. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, here's Patrick Mahomes talking about this game afterwards. Matthew, have you ever had a part of the helmet get cracked off like that before? I have not. I'm sure it had to do with it being really cold. Um, but yeah, I, I knew. I didn't know what happened at the in the moment, but I got in the huddle and everybody was telling me, and I was like, I I got y'all, but I'm not coming out the game. So we can figure out on the sideline. So I was hoping we scored. Obviously, we didn't end up getting the end zone, but uh, yeah, it was a first for me. And who, whose helmet came in? It was it wasn't a backup that just happened to be out. They they have a backup that's out there. We got to talk about where where we store the backup because it was like frozen. So like when I try to put it when I try to put it on, it was completely frozen. I couldn't get it on. I don't know if anyone got a picture of it. It didn't look great. Um, but uh, we were able to adjust it on the sideline, get it kind of warmed up a little bit, um, and uh, get, get rolling from there. Other than that, you feel like you guys handled the conditions about as well as you reasonably could have? Yeah, I mean, they they, did, they brought a lot of pressure. Um, I wish I would have been able to make some of those throws. We had some guys kind of uh, running free downfield. I missed a couple of them. But other than that, I thought the guys accepted the challenge. Um, we were able to throw the ball. We were able to run the ball against some of those pressures. I thought the O-line did a great job. Um, and, uh, I mean, we had that mentality all week is we're going to go out there and play football. Uh, we know it's cold, um, but we're going to go out there and play football and see what happens. Patrick, how important has Rasheed become as an outlet for you? Yeah, I mean, he's doing great, man. Um, he's getting better and better every single week. Um, some of those guys have that rookie wall, and it seems like he just kind of pushed right through it, and he's just continued to get better and better. And um, he's a great player. He has that right mentality. Um, he comes to work every single day, um, and he made a lot, of, a lot of great plays for us today that helped us win the football game. Patrick, I know that you're on the sideline uh, when the defense is out there, but it seemed like they just were really confusing to a lot. Just wondering from your perspective just the difficulty of what he might have been facing as a quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I talked about it, I think, in training camp. I was like, I really would not want to play our defense um, because it's not just 
I mean, not just, I mean, we have great players. We have great players all around every single level. You have players, you have depth, guys rotate in, um, can do it all. Um, and then you have Spags in this scheme, and there's been, all the guys are so well coached in the scheme that they use it to their advantage. And you don't never know where they're at. I mean, Sneak can play inside, outside. I mean, Duffy can play inside, outside. All the linebackers can, uh, can guard and can make tackles. Um, and it's hard to get a beat on what they're doing. And so that's what I knew in training camp. I was like, man, I'm glad I don't have to play those guys because that would be tough. Patrick, give them your chance to sort of look back at what you wanted to sort of fix in that little 10-day window. You said one of them was pocket awareness, footwork, just because they're blitzing so much and the fact that you sort of found the right times when to go, just what worked for you, especially when you are surprised that maybe a team is blitzing that much? Yeah, I mean, we, we knew that they might blitz a little bit. I mean, they did a little bit against Buffalo, um, against Josh a little bit. So I try to have answers for every single play. Um, for the most part, I thought I did. I, even though if I didn't hit it, I was going to the right spot and on time, trying to give guy, our guys chances to make plays. Um, but, um, I mean, obviously it was more than we expected. Um, I think it had to do with our offense line was blocking so well when they weren't blitzing. So they had to bring some pressure to kind of get some pressure on me and get the ball in my hand. Um, I thought guys accepted the challenge well. Obviously, we got we to gotta continue to get better in the red zone. We're getting down there. Um, but we got to get in the end zone. Um, if that's running, throwing, whatever that is. But other than that, I thought we played a pretty good game offensively. Um, but we got to continue to get better and better as the playoffs go. It's been a while. You've had a game being sacked. Just how good was the offensive line? Yeah, they did a great job. They did a, like a tremendous job. I mean, when you, when you have those extra guys and they're able to kind of block one to get a hand on another guy to give me time to throw the ball down the field, um, that takes kind of that chemistry together. That takes guys just being accountable. Uh, to one another. Um, and then the running backs did a good stepping up, making their blocks and protection as well. And so um, whenever there was four-man rushes, they did a really good job of protecting against Wilkins and, and, and 92 in there. And so, um, and then whenever they did bring the pressures, they did a good job giving me enough time to throw the ball down the field. And we hit some, and, we, and obviously I want to hit more, but uh, we were able to score some points. Patrick, can, you take us through the, can you take us through that fourth down uh, scramble play you had? Yeah, they did a good job. We were expecting pressure. We were expecting some type of man coverage. They played zone. Um, it covered it really well. But, I mean, offensive line blocked for a long time, gave me that window. I was able to run. Obviously, was going for the first down, and then uh, got down the sideline and got us into the red zone. So I was, I was, I was just happy. Coach Reed, he, he was confident in us to do that. After I kind of made a not a great read on the play before, I could have handed it off. I was trying to be like Pen, uh, uh, Penix, but I, I, we, we, we stole that play from him, and uh, it worked for them, and I, I pitched it, and the corner was out there. So uh, he, he's better than me at that. So I got to make sure I, I ask him next time what the read is on that and how he's able to read that. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we saw the play and thought it was sweet. Um, but obviously the corner stayed a little bit further out against us, and I, I still pitched it, so it's not great. But we, we made it work on fourth down, and we were able to kind of continue to get the drive going. Besides, besides the cracked helmet, I'm just wondering how the conditions affected you today and affected the offense. Yeah, I mean, it was windy. Uh, I think you saw in some of the throws downfield, they kind of carried more or didn't carry enough, and I thought the guys did a great job of getting themselves open. Um, I mean, it was it was cold. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was cold, but... I think at the end of the day, you got to just be mentally tough enough to just say that it's not going to affect how we play. It's not going to affect my effort. If something doesn't work, I'm going to come back the next time and keep firing. Um, and it wasn't going to be like we were going to just run the football. We ran the football well, but at the same time, you got to throw the football in order to have success in this league. And I take that as a, a challenge to be able to go out there and throw whenever teams are playing that aggressive coverage. A couple more. What was the other read potentially on, on the pitch? To I thought they handed off. I, I, you handed off. I mean, they, they had guys in there. There's a chance, a better chance than what we had. Uh, you, you, I'm kind of reading that that corner slash end man on the line, and 
I just I, I knew he was off, but I was hoping because because they had brought the cover zero type pressure that maybe he would kind of squeeze a little bit tighter, and he didn't. He made a great play, um, but uh, we were able to get the first one the next time, so it worked out. I, I was able to run and make up for my own mistake. Do you change your approach with the way that your defense is playing right now, particularly in the postseason? I mean, you have to. Um, I think I, I learned that this year. Is you, I mean, when it's not there, you got to be able to throw it underneath and and punt the ball, flip the field. Um, and not be frustrated with it. Um, I, I have that mentality where I want to score every single time. I played in the Big 12. I want to score every single time. Um, but when your defense is playing like that, you have to find out what's the best way to win the football game. And if that's punting the ball, flipping the field, um, letting them get a stop for us, and then and then scoring the next drop, that's what you got to do. Last one, Bob. That's one other thing on the, on the cracked helmet run. You, you had the first, I think, already. Um, and I guess could have slid, but you didn't. Did. What, can you go through what, what you saw? And yeah, I was, trying, I was trying to get in there. Nah, I was trying to get in that end zone. A young Pat would have got in. I'm getting a little old. If, like Tennessee, I would have spun, you know, got up in there, but I, I got squared up, got my helmet cracked. But uh, I try not to do it too much, but it's playoff time. You gotta, sometimes you got to put it on the line and try to get in the end zone to win football games. Still a spry 28 years old. There's Patrick Mahomes after the game, and these records keep uh, racking up for the Kansas City Chiefs. You don't realize this seventh consecutive season they've been in the divisional round. Seven straight years uh, that they've done that. The Chiefs' record book for most starts in the postseason: Kelsey with 19, Mahomes with 15, Chris Jones with 13, Derek Nottie, believe it or not, 12 uh, starts in the postseason. Chiefs' record book most games played in the postseason: Kelsey and Winchester 19 each, Harrison Butker and Chris Jones 16. Mahomes and Derek Nottie and Dan Sorensen, 15. There's been some uh, fun things here. I didn't know if you knew know this, JT. Chiefs record book, most rushing yards, postseason career. Do you think it's a running back? Uh, uh, I'm ready to hear it, but I doubt it's a running back. Number one, Patrick Mahomes, 425 yards rushing, 2017 to 23, had 41 yards rushing tonight. That's a Chiefs record for most rushing yards. In a postseason in his career, Marcus Allen, number two, with 386. Damian Williams at number three with 355. Jerick McKinnon, number four, with 210. Wendell Hayes, number five, with 208. Um, as I mentioned, Travis Kelsey uh, is only one of uh, three players in NFL postseason history with over 100 catches. Jerry Rice, Julian Edelman, and then uh, Kelsey. But... Travis Kelsey now has 140 receptions in the postseason. Only, only Jerry Rice ahead of him at 151. Think about that. The great Jerry Rice, 151. Travis Kelsey, 140. As far as that's concerned, uh, Rasheed Rice, that 130 yards receiving he had tonight. Um, number two all-time for rookie receivers in the postseason was Elmo Wright, 104 back on uh, December 25th, 1971. Um, Isaiah Pacheco last year, 59, uh, chiefs record book, most receiving yards postseason game for a rookie. He had 59 a season ago. So most season, uh, receptions postseason in a game as a rookie, Rasheed Rice with eight tonight. So these records just keep on falling for the Kansas city chiefs. Always kind of fun to keep uh, track of. When we come back, uh, we'll hear from the head coach, Andy Reed, plus, Dan and Hughes sits down with the Trent, not sits down, stands up with Trent McDuffie after the game and cling with uh, Nick Bolton. All that next. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. 
Chiefs get the win tonight. They have to find out if they're going to hit the road, Jack, against uh, the Buffalo Bills. If the Bills win, the Chiefs go to Buffalo next week, and the Chiefs will have two more days rest. If the Bills lose to the Steelers, it'll be the Houston Texans coming to the Kansas City Chiefs. And remember, Petra Mahomes actually has one more win on the road than he does at home in his career. He's got 1,642 yards more passing on the road than he does at home. He has 19 uh, more touchdown passes on the road than he does at home. So when you hear everybody talking this week about, oh, no, the Chiefs are going on the road, uh, doubt starts to creep in. Doubt starts to creep in with the Buffalo Bills. And they start wondering, are they ever going to beat the Chiefs in the postseason? They can the regular season, but can they the postseason? They won the regular season against the Chiefs because the Chiefs made errors. And if the Chiefs eliminate the errors, they're a very difficult uh, team uh, to beat, and that's for sure. Andy Reid spoke after the game. Of course, he had that frozen mustache, and he addresses that and more. Here's Andy Reid after the game. All right. Um, uh, uh, thank you to the fans and the great job that they did, along with the, the grounds crew of uh, cleaning things up and uh, making that field playable. And uh, it was they did a great job. Has uh, to go off to the to our team for the job that they did and, and really for the Dolphins. I thought um, they they came out and, and bared with all the the weather. It's a little bit different than down in Miami. And uh, um, I thought both teams handled that pretty well. But, um, and then uh, there are a bunch of things, but our defense with uh, uh, the third down ratio uh, was incredible uh, and the job that they did. Um, you know, one for 12 on third downs. That's uh, that's quite a quite a stat there. And then there are a bunch of individual efforts offensively. Uh, I'd start with the offensive line. Defensively, I'd start with the defensive line. And then there were good individual efforts in there. Uh, whether it was George with a couple sacks that he had, Chris Jones, and uh, those guys brought all their their mad money with them. Um, and then. And then uh, um, Leo on, on special teams did a, did a great job. I think he, he was getting used to it on the second return and was feeling himself a little bit. But he did a nice job there on the kickoff returns. Uh, Rice for his day, uh, I mean, it's hard to believe that he's a rookie. Um, but eight catches for 130 yards. Um, that's tremendous. Pacheco, 23 carries uh, for 82 yards. Bucker kicking a ball that was like a rock out there. Um, and the great job that he he did. Um, Bolton, another one with all those tackles that, that he had. And the, the biggest part, he's doing this with one, one hand. I mean, he's got cast on his other hand. And, and uh, he was... Um, you know, at the same time, he's leading that defense and making sure everybody's going in the right directions. Uh, Pat uh, had a had a nice day just right from the get-go. I mean, they, I don't think they were anticipating us throwing the ball quite as much as we did, but uh, we were able to come out and and sling it. A lot of quarterbacks can't do that. Um, what he did in that kind of weather. So, anyways, uh, Kelsey. I mean, the list goes on. So it was one of those good days and. Uh, my hat goes off again to the Dolphins. Uh, 
uh, you know, their their head coach, their coordinators. Uh, they've they've really done a nice job down there. Anyways, with that time, George. Andy, you uh, mentioned a minute ago it's hard to believe that Rice is a rookie. Was there a point where you got to with him during the season where you said, okay, he's beyond what we thought maybe he was going to be as a rookie? Um, well, we were we were hoping that yeah. he was as good as what we saw at SMU and. And um, I'll tell you, the best part about him is he just keeps working. I mean, he's, he's relentless with that, and he's got a good relationship. He's got Pat's respect, and, um, and he's, he wants to do it the right way. Uh, I know how many times I've stood up in front of you and go, we're this close with him. I've, he's getting better every week. And uh, you know, so I, I think we've seen that the last four, four games, five games. Andy, with Patrick's, uh, Patrick's run, the, the, the play where he got hit and the chunk of the helmet came off, is, is that a bit of a rarity to see? And, and would you have rather seen him slide or you're good with him trying to make it? Yeah, that play? was a tough one because he, he, um, he was going to get the first down, right? So, And then they missed a tackle. Then he got kind of caught in the washing machine. And, um, and once you go, now you're just – Survival, right there. You got all those defensive guys, so he bared down on it and tried to score. Is it a little bit sort of testament to his will to win that that's how he's going to do it? Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us in here have any question about that. But he just his will to win is uh, ridiculous. So I mean, he's he's a great competitor. Coach, how impressed were you with uh, Steve Spagola's plan? Just seemed like Tua never could really find a rhythm. Yeah, listen, I. I thought Steve had an unbelievable plan. I thought the guys executed it well. <clears throat> that's not an easy defense to, to learn. And, um, and that's why when I tell you about Bolton, being able to get everybody lined up and ready to go in and, and the front end and back end, uh, he, he does great with that. But um, they've got a great connection between them. So Bolton's like a coach out there. And Drew was able to come in and pick that up too. And, and when Bolton's out, he, he jumps in and does the same thing. But Spags is he's a great mind, does a does a heck of a job with his guys. I'll tell you the same thing on the on the offensive side. I thought uh, Nags had a had a great plan. Uh, the guys executed it. I thought Andy Heck's group, you know, that really did a good job. As did Joe's on the defensive line. And that's you get in the playoffs. I mean, that's where. It's kind of where it starts, so you got to make sure that you're you're sound there. How about specifically the job the defense did on Tyreek? Yeah, listen, Tyreek's a great player. I mean, a great player. And um, you saw the one catch he had. Um, so I, I, but I, you don't see Tyreek get knocked down very often. But Snead did that, and I have a hard time believing there's another corner as good as him uh, in this league. Uh, he's really playing well and challenging. And you've got McDuffie on the other side who is doing the same thing. I mean, you know, he's playing great football. So um, as is the secondary. So, I mean, David's done a nice job with that group. You're kind of in an odd position not knowing your opponent for two days. Now. Yeah. How do you handle that? Well, you look at a couple different teams. You know, we'll find, we'll find a way to make it work. You know, but the rest is good, good for the guys. Andy, I know you were able to you know, make it mind over matter about the weather, but it looked like that you had to deal with some icicles in the mustache. Um, <laughs> and, and you just just say, bring it. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, it was the worst thing that could happen is it falls off, right? So. <laughs> there you go, Andy Reid, after the game tonight. I loved what he said about Steve McDuffie. And when you don't think these guys, I mean, everybody's got these guys back. You know, Trent McDuffie makes first-team All-Pro. Uh, you know, a lot of the players were very upset. Uh, Jerry Sneed didn't make the Pro Bowl or All-Pro because if you ask number one receivers that the Chiefs played this year, they would tell you LeJerry Sneed deserves to be up there. I have a hard time believing there's another corner as good as him uh, in this league. Uh, he's really playing well and challenging. And you've got McDuffie on the other side who is doing the same thing. I mean, you know, he's playing great football. And thanks for that, JT. That, that was good stuff. Obviously, just hear that one more time there from Andy Reid. Yeah, hey, I thought it was a huge, huge little piece that he had in that whole press conference about how good the two corners, which I think are reasonably, in a doubt, probably the best duo cornerback right now in the league. And so number one receivers hate facing them because they know they're going to be in for it. They know these guys are tough, they're physical, they're going to bump you. Again, I didn't care about the penalty so much with the Jerry Sneed this year because he's always doing something, doing something to agitate number one receivers, and it was good to see. I will say this as you look at the playoff picture. And I know Andy Reid was asked about it there. He's going he's gonna to look at a couple teams. He's only got two to look at, right? He's got, uh, well, see how the Buffalo Bills game goes and the Steelers. Because you never count anybody out in the NFL. But you see how the ebb and flow of that game goes. And if Buffalo's all over Pittsburgh, then you know you're probably going to play the Texans. Then it's time to get ready for uh, C.J. Stroud, the rookie quarterback out of Ohio State. But I will say this. I do think that Baltimore remains that big challenge. I know that Lamar Jackson's 1-3 and three in the playoffs. But here, here's the one thing about the Ravens. And this is the the one thing that uh, it's to get to the Super Bowl, you got to beat them. And I think that's pretty clear. And give them the respect. They did something that no team's ever done in the NFL. They finished uh, number one in points against, number one in takeaways, and number one in sacks. That trifecta has never been done in the NFL. But I think the most impressive thing is they have eight wins of 14-plus points against teams with winning records. Throw Frisco in there, Miami. Throw these. They beat them by two touchdowns. Eight times they did that with teams with winning records. The most times it's ever been done in the NFL is five. They did it eight times this year. You have a coach that's won a Super Bowl, and you have a quarterback that's going to win a second MVP this year, Lamar Jackson. I get it. I know what the playoff record is, but that does make them a formidable team, and they run the hell out of the ball. And they get Mark Andrews back. And they Mark just Andrews active- comes back. Yeah, I was about to say, they just activated him. I I also like likely their tight end that's been stepping up for Andrews. I, I think it's the best team in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I, I think Better than Frisco. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't care they, that Frisco's showed, a Super Bowl favorite. They showed it. They did. They went to San Fran. So it's intriguing to see it. Um, the thing about the defense for the Chiefs is like – when you have a number one receiver like, okay, Stephon Diggs, you want to get it to Gabe Davis. Well, there's two corners out there. McDuffie and Sneed can cover both of them, and you don't have to worry about, okay, hey, they're going to go to their second best. It's going to be interesting, though, if the Chiefs get to play Baltimore, how they're going to take offense with the the tight ends. Because I think if you're Baltimore, you put two tight ends out there, then you're going you're gonna to have some mismatches, I think, with the linebackers. Yeah, it looks like uh, Mark Andrews will be coming back. His window, as JT uh, said, his practice window is open. But they can definitely activate him uh, this week at any point. But I, I think when you put the combinations together, the MVP quarterback, twice MVP, and uh, he hadn't won it yet, but he's going to win it. Um, and a coach that's won a Super Bowl, I mean, they know what they're doing. They certainly know what they're doing. 
and they've done it with the guys getting hurt. But the defense is great. We know how good, you know, living off your defense is by Kansas City because Kansas City's number two to Baltimore. And they also have a good kicker. Justin Tucker can kick. Uh, 100%. So, so they have the three phases. They're very Chiefs-like in a lot of things they do, except they run the hell out of the ball. Yeah, they, they will run it. And they've got and it's crazy because I was concerned their rookie running back went down. They lost J.K. Dobbins early in the season, Dobbins but they still, they've still been running the football well. And they have. They did set the NFL record a few years ago uh, with running yards. Kind of, I mean, they kind of live up to what they, their MO, run the football and play good defense. I mean, they can't, haven't really, you know, gone away from what makes them good. They understand who and what it is. They did add better receivers uh, this year, clearly. But, you know, they, they know who they are. And, and it's always tough when you play a team that knows exactly who they are. And the Chiefs are getting to that point. Chiefs are getting to that point where they kind of know who and what they are. Even Mahomes said, hey, he played the Big 12. He's just scoring every time. That's what he had to do. Right, he didn't have a defense. It's what he had to do his first MVP. He had to score. Right. Remember he the didn't Chiefs have a defense. Lo- the Chiefs lost the game scoring 50 points. They lost the game that year scoring 40 to points. To Jared Goff. We lost to Jared Goff by scoring 50. But Baltimore, uh, they, they do run the ball extremely well, and they've done it. Uh, they continued this year, which, you know, it's one of those ball control things. They lead the NFL 4.9 yards per carry. That doesn't lead the NFL. Believe it or not, the Cardinals have a uh, five in the Dolphins or 5.1 per carry, which is crazy. The Dolphins are 1-12 today on third down. I mean, it was such a huge difference. The Chiefs shutting down their running game and getting them to 1-12 on third down percentage, but the Ravens do run 156. Point five, but as far as the tail of the tape between these teams tonight, um, the Kansas City Chiefs, 25 first downs, the Dolphins 13. Total plays, Dolphins are in 59. The Chiefs are in 75. The Chiefs had 409 yards of offense. The Dolphins, 264. Total drives, the Dolphins actually had 11. The Chiefs had 10. It shows you how good they were. Yards per play, they were at 4.5. The Chiefs, 5.5. But I think what really stands out is third down efficiency. They were one of 12. Chiefs were six of 15. That, that's insane because I saw when they were going into, I think it was the third quarter, they were like, Miami is 0 of 8. Yeah, they didn't have going, any. Because they didn't have any in the Buffalo game either. So combined, they only converted one of their fir- third downs in the last two games. That's crucial parts right there. Um, and it was two of scrambling. Yeah. Uh, the one thing you wouldn't expect. Now, I will say this uh, about the Dolphins in general. My buddy, he texts me, goes, are you worried when Tyreek, when they scored that touchdown? I go, I'm not worried. We we were dominating that whole game. Even that touchdown, it was like he underthrew Tyreek so badly. He made a great play. Uh, Tyreek made a great play. I mean, you can live with that. I, I didn't understand going one-on-one with no safety help, but I think there was some miscommunication in the back. But giving up one play all game, you live with that. Guess what? You win the game, you live with it. Time of possession definitely slotted towards the Chiefs. That's what happened. You run for 146 yards. They had the ball for 34 minutes, five seconds. The Dolphins, 25 minutes, 55 seconds. The Chiefs control. They were the more physical team in this game. And we've seen that. The Raiders game, they weren't. Like, the Raiders are more physical than the Chiefs. They're pushing them around. And I remember the whole next week, Mitch was talking about, you know, the Bengals. Just go out there and assert yourself. Being physical. Showing bag us of guts. Line, the bag put, of guts. Bag of guts. Pushing teams around. That's right. The bag of guts. I, they sell the pooches out in Smith Center. I asked Mitch that, uh, that question uh, when he joined this JT. And uh, being physical, and they were clearly they, who, who and what they are, they're a physical team. They have the manpower to do it. They can do it on the offensive line. When you have growth graders, like Joe Tooney, first-team all pro, you got Creed Humphrey, you got Trade Smith, 
you got a good interior part of defense, you can punch people in the mouth. Were you were you surprised by Andy Reid going with so much of the run game in this game? No, because of the weather. Okay, I didn't know if seems, they did throw the ball a lot at the beginning, though. Oh like yeah, he, they, they did. Do I that. mean, the first three plays were throws. Yeah, so they 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 didn't shy away from the run. Mahomes still put up two sixty two in weather like this, and it won't show up. But you see stat books or something, you'll see two hundred sixty two yards or whatever. But you got to consider how damn cold it was. Oh, fourth coldest ever in my, the NFL postseason. My, my favorite stat I saw that was a joke was that I consider a joke was going into today's game. Travis Kelsey had never had a game that he had three drops in. And someone goes, he's dated Taylor Swift, and he's had three drops today. I was like, also, when's the last time he played in negative degree <laughs> weather? Please, let's be real here. Like, that one he dropped in the red zone, yeah, that was bad. But, I mean, like, that I, – I, I kid you not, I've played football as a peewee. That ball is hard when it is cold. No, it is. And he's, again, one of three NFL players ever to have 100 receptions in the postseason. So you kind of catch – give him a break – on some of those, but the Dolphins in their cold weather streak continues. They're now over the last 11 when the game time temperature is below 40 degrees, you know, just below 40. And two has had the problem all the way through college too. I averaged them out because they were 0 and 10 coming in this game, JT. So I averaged the temperatures out. The average temperature has been 29 and a half degrees. So it's not exactly since 2017. You're talking, you know, recent sample size, six years, 2017 average temperature has been 29 and a half degrees and their margin of defeat has been 14 and a half points in those last 10 games. And of course, tonight, the Chiefs beat them by 19. Yeah. So it'd been 14 and a half points when, when the temperature's lower than 40. That's a concern. Like, I always thought that should have been a concern with Derek Carr, too, that he can't win when it's under 40. You got to be able to play in the elements. You need a quarterback that can play in the elements, and Mahomes has proven that. Well, Jared Goff has been the same way. They always thought he couldn't play outdoors, and he's kind of proven that more this year. But like someone said, the Dolphins lost their season last week. You win that game, you have home field. You are the two seed. You lost that. Now you had it to, gets in their head, right? Yep. And then you had to go on the road playing negative degree weather's negative degree negative degree weather. And so I think I think they lost their season last week. And honestly, it was on the punt return. They they had the game intact until the punt return happened. The ninety five yard punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, but you got to got to be have a team that's been, the Chiefs show they're mentally tough. I mean, going out in those conditions, they were mentally tough. Well, Andy Reid's not going to let his team be mentally weak. They didn't let him bother him. I mean, he's I, a walrus. The, the Dolphins really didn't complain about it either. They came out in the short sleeves, a lot of them. Their fans did. They whined. They whined a lot because they were coming to Kansas City. Here's the thing. Win games, get a home game. Find a way to win the game. Chiefs held serve on them because they had the tiebreaker early on against them. Find a way to win. It's like Buffalo when they were crying over that 13 seconds. Win more games, man. Why are you playing to prevent defense? They beat the Chiefs, and everybody thought they were the best team in the world that year. And then they go and lose to the Titans the next week. Then they lose to Urban Meyer and the Jaguars when they sucked really bad, 9-6. to six. That same year, the 13 seconds. They had 41 points put on at home by Carson Wentz and the Colts. Okay, that's why that game was at Arrowhead, not Rich Stadium of Buffalo. That's why the game was here, not there. Because they let these games slip out because they're not mentally tough. And they let these these things, they let one loss turn into many. And they've just been focusing on the Chiefs. It, it, and that might come into effect this week. Are they going to be mentally tough to play from a Monday to a Sunday while the Chiefs have had off since Saturday? Well, you know what they're, they're thinking deep down? The Buffalo Bills are thinking, oh, gosh. You win this game, you get the Kansas City Chiefs again. And they're 0-2. Josh Allen's 0-2 in the postseason against Mahomes. Yes, 1-3 in the regular season, but who really cares? Only thing that matters is the postseason.
Thanks to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Thanks to Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs. So thanks to both those guys that have joined us each and every week. Thanks to you, JT. I thought you were uh, absolutely awesome again tonight, as usual. Thank you. You've, and I you've been it. awesome. I mean, look it's at you. It's been a fun year. It's yeah. been a fair year. Ho- hopefully, we have another home game. Hey, if we have another home game, we, we're back at it. We are. We are. Good stuff. Enjoyed it. Dusty Likens, after hours tomorrow. So, it's tomorrow. Sunday. Today feels like Sunday, but it's actually Saturday. Oh, my Saturday. gosh. It is Saturday. Well, it is, it is Sunday now, but yeah. You're usually clinging. Fesco came in the morning, but it's, it's dust, man. Tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Enjoy this uh, victory. It's time to thank Buffalo. Arrowhead Pride.